What are the things that I can work on in my 45 minutes of practice that are going to yield the greatest fruit in my game to drop my handicap to the next level? Back at it again, birdies not BS, your man Dougie Fresh, alongside Kyle Morris, golf room all the way in Columbus, Ohio, man. What's up? What's up, Mr. Doug? How you doing, bro? Man, I don't... I I just want to say thank you for being up. I know it's like 10 o'clock out there on the East Coast, but we got to get we got to get this information. We got to show people how to lower their handicaps. But Kyle, tell us about yourself. My name is Kyle Morris. I, uh, I own the Golf Room in Columbus, Ohio. Um, it's basically a holistic golf academy where basically I took all the teaching that I had kind of on tour. I played professional golf for eight years and then took all the teaching I had and put it under one roof. So we do the swing side. Um, you know, by the grace of God, I was ranked best young teacher, one of the best young teachers in America, number one teacher in the state of Ohio, nominated top 50 in the country. Blah, small blah, blah, plug. Blah, blah. Just, and a, then, just a small and plug. Then, and then we got um, Lindsay Becker, so she helps out. She's also top 50 in the country, so she's accounted for like 25 PGA Tour wins. So she handles the body side because obviously no one in their um, golf swing can do anything unless their body can accept it. And then we've got sports psychology with Dr. Todd Kays and the custom club fitting side. So it's kind of just taking everything a player needs to be amazing and assembled it under one roof. So here Man, we are. Man, it sounds like a one-stop shop. Like, you know, I've had the fortune to work with hey, you, that's Kyle. Hey, that's a, tag, that's a can, tagline, Doug. You that's took a, that. That is? It's a one-stop <laughs> shop. You know, I'm good at that shit. I, I can let that go. I'm excited to have you here because, you know, here at Birdie's Not BS, we talk to to golfers from all spectrums of the game, right? The new beginner uh, to, to people that have been playing for a while, people that know the game, they bleed the game. But there's always this quest, Kyle, and you know it better than anybody. There's a quest to be better. And there's also this other side where I just don't have the damn time to try to be as good as I think 100%. I can be. <laughs> I think I can be great at this shit, but yeah. it's not going to really work out for you. It takes you. So a look, lot of time, right? <laughs> It does, it, or it did, right? Yeah, could yeah, it did so until look. until Mark Brody and I dove into this. And we kind of we basically came across the Coca Cola formula of how you can actually drop your handicap and not have to work that hard. This already sounds like an infomercial, and I'm selling some shit. I'm kidding, but look, Kyle, <laughs> you've taken three initials that are synonymous in business, right? Yep. Usually, you hear these in business. We're talking about KPIs, right? Right. Um, so. What is a KPI, Kyle, and, and how have you taken KPIs from business to golf? So essentially, like, you know, I own three businesses and everything in a business revolves around a KPI. So a KPI is a key performance indicator. And like at the golf room, like um, memberships and junior academy stuff, that's a KPI. Like that lets the business essentially stay afloat and it accounts for a certain percentage of the revenue. So I was sitting here thinking, listen, I got three kids under the age of eight. I got a wife that I love. The odds of me practicing more than two hours a week slim to zero, right? You, you've got a brand new baby yourself. So it's kind of like, you know, the only tournaments you're playing or the only times you're practicing is when you're actually playing a tournament probably nowadays. Absolutely. So, Right. So, so my whole idea was I understand the way that the world is and time is only getting more precious. So I called Mark Brody and Mark Brody is the inventor of strokes gain, right? This guy has basically created the cyber metrics for golf so that we can figure out what it is and what guys need to work on in their handicap. So I called him and I said, Hey, Mark, with all of the data that you have in your system, which is a lot, how can we figure out a way in which if we were going to take a guy who shoots in the hundreds or a girl and we we're going to he shot in the hundreds, how can we give him 
two or three things that if he worked on these things, it's going to change his business to open up the spigot to have him move into the 90s and then from the 90s to the 80s and the 80s to the 70s. And we even had like 70s to the 60s if you're interested. Okay, all right. But, which you might be interested in. That's messed in. up. You just took a shot. I, I, I played well today in my tournament, damn it, Kyle. Yeah, you did play well. good. You did it's just play one good. day. It'd be, it'd be interesting to say with these, if these 70s go into these 60s, if, they, if these are think what you did that was well. But long story short, we figure these things where, hey, if we move these KPIs and we make sure that these ones are doing good, that that's going to move us into another handicap level. And that's really so, what... Let me, re let, me, let me rewind real quick because, like, yeah, yeah. this comes first nature to you, right? So it's, it's very easy for you to, like, really go. But we got to break it all the way down. Mark Brody leveraged the shot link data on the PGA yeah. Tour, all the data from where players hit shots, how close they hit it from certain spots, you know, from, you know, ranges of 100 to 125 and, you know, out of the rough. So all this data that the PGA Tour is looking at, Mark Brody figured out a way to say um, these things can help you get better faster than other things. Am I right? Yeah, that's the, loose. That's loose. Kind bro. of, but, it, but the better part about that is even more detailed. It's not even about the PGA Tour. These are guys like... You and me, your father-in-law, my father-in-law, my dad, your dad, the average guy, based upon all of the data that they have, which is hundreds and thousands of rounds, what is it that differentiates the guy that shoots in the hundreds to the 90s, the 90s to the 80s, the 80s to the 70s? Because it's one thing to say, yeah, you know, like a PGA Tour player makes 50% of their eight-footers. Well, like, I'm not on the PGA Tour, so I just want to know what should I do if I shoot 86, right? What is relative to me and what is my standard of beauty, right? I know that Bryson swings at 125. What's good for me, right? I mm. shoot 95, right? And what are the things that I need to do in my game so that if my wife gives me the grace pass to go practice at five <laughs> o'clock with a beer in hand and I have 46 minutes before I gotta get home to get up my baby so I can change their diapers, what are the things that I can work on in my 45 minutes of practice that are going to yield the greatest fruit in my game to drop my handicap to the next level? I, I love that. All right, and we're gonna get into it a little bit, Kyle, because I, I what well, I gotta know some things, right? You know, this is, this is the new culture. We don't have time to read now. You said eight right. page magazine yeah, article, I gotta Let's buy do the it. Cliff Notes version. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So look, <laughs> if I'm hearing you correctly, you've leveraged key performance indicators. You took it from business. You brought it into golf. You've identified yep. how to get people to kind of cascade down the handicap tree. If it's, I don't know if that makes sense or fountain because I said cascade. Either way, you're getting people <laughs> to figure out how to get better and lower and lower and lower. So let's right. break it down. We're gonna go through each section. We're only gonna go eighty or the hundreds, nineties, and then into the eighties. So okay. How can I, 100 shooter, how can I get better, man? What did you tell me? Right, so tell me no. first and foremost, the first thing that we need to do is we need to avoid the approach shot clunkers. Now, oh. the clunkers, the person probably goes, great. What's a clunker? A clunker is a shot where when you, you hit it. Did you trademark clunker? Hold on, wait, because I see that in the notes, too. That's that. <laughs> Are, is this a thing? Is, I might. Literally I, think I, I think I'm going to call my attorney right now and, and trademark that one. You might want to anyway. do that clunker KPI. Go ahead. Yeah. So <laughs> essentially, the the clunker is the shot where you, you hit a shot and you go, hold on, I'll hit again because you're still away, right? So the person who shoots in the hundred, hundreds has an average of six 
clunkers around from the fairway. So that's like they hit a drive, they're outside 60 yards, and they hit another one, and it's like they lay the sod over it, and it barely goes, and blah, 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 blah. So the long and short of that, of what the problem is when they have that clunker, is the fact that, you know, if you, for, if you want a kind of a technical definition, like if you're looking at TrackMan or one of the launch monitors, it's essentially like the angle of attack, right? It's the angle the club is coming into the ground, and long and short is you're hitting the ground before you're hitting the golf ball. That's and Low it. point control. It's low low point, point control. control. So like a simple way to do that is really two things. First... If anybody has a scorecard, a magazine, a piece of paper, a towel, whatever, just put that thing like two inches, three inches behind the golf ball and try to hit a golf ball and miss the towel. If you can mm. do that, you're probably like going to hit that. the golf ball. And if you can't, like if you can't do it, one reason that you could really kind of focus on, and this is like the simplest thing in golf, is simply see if like when you finish, like if you go like this, you could tap your trail foot because all that weight is off that back foot. I mean, I said this guy to a guy, we had a guy that came in from California, did to the golf room, and I said to him, he kind of had his weight on his back foot, and I go, the, the Corn Ferry playoff event is, is taking place right now, and I said, I would bet you $150,000 cash Damn, that if you it, that is a lot of money that if you stood on the first tee of the Corn Ferry player the playoffs right now and you stay on the first tee I bet you every single player has their trail foot where they have no weight on their back foot when they after like when they're you know posing with their and that's finishes. an easy bet that's an easy so bet. You took yeah I'll take that bet every day of the week <laughs> so that's the first one right the second one is kind of, is called approach game proficiency this kind of has to do a little bit with that same amount of clunker. So the interesting thing, a little background of this, is that inside clunker. 60 yards, right, the average player that shoots in the hundreds will have a roughly 14 shots inside 60 yards, and 11 of them will be from the rough. They won't even be from the fairway. And they mm. barely have any shots from 100 yards. So if you shoot in the – those listeners, if you shoot in the hundreds and you're going to the, the range and you're working on 100-yard wedge shots, that's literally a waste of time because you're not going to have that shot ever. And if you're working on 40-yard shots in the fairway, you're probably not going to have that time so or that shot. So on average, the, the player from those shots will miss the green. Miss the green, Doug. 4.3 times so we are we're hoping that if you you were to go out doug and you're going to give a lesson and this guy this guy or girl shoots 105 and they've got 30 yards to the green and they are they're sitting there you're just saying hey you just need to hit the green don't worry about getting up and down we just need get to hit it, the green get and it quite on frankly, the surface somewhere <laughs> and and a lot of the times i've got this guy named paul who works with me he's like 92 years old shoots like 105 he wants to shoot in the 90s i go paul let me let me give you a little secret. If you're like 20 yards out, do you think you could take a hybrid or a putter and just put it on the green somewhere? And he goes, yeah, I think I could do that. I go, great. Came back next week, was shooting, breaking 100. Simply because he's eliminating those four clunkers from inside 60 yards, which is another... People using the 60-degree wedges, man. I hate yeah, that stuff. Yeah, it's the worst decision like, ever. It's like you got 20 yards, and it's like you don't get to play in practice. You got no low-point control, and you got... <laughs> 60 and you've opened it up it's like really right, just Re this take is a take a putter and just whack it up there somewhere just, let's get it right. somewhere on the green all right so look 
I, I know there's more in the hundred bracket. Give me one more yep. in the hundreds. The last one in the hundred bracket is is simply putt putt speed control, right? It's one thing to make putts. That's really fun. Hitting balls online, super important, right? Where the face is aimed determines 93% of where it goes. But really what's important is eliminating the amount of three putts, right? So we need, we need, they have an average of 6.53 putts per round, right? Man, I mean, man. there was some stat, and do not quote me on this, Doug, but like it was something I'm like Luke Donald back in the day when he was number one. It was like 350 holes or 350 rounds, one of the two, without a three putt. Whatever it was, it was a lot. So mm. the fact of the matter is, and, and I think that the big reason what I would focus on if I was a player shooting in the hundreds that you guys have not thought thought about if you're listening to this podcast is simply is that when players are putting the reason your speed control is not ideal is because when you're putting your like grip pressure right right like mm. think about me making a fist right my grip pressure in the in the midst of your stroke your grip pressure changes which essentially creates a little bit more hit in the stroke yeah, right like, like a little, little pop it's like snapping a whip it's like a flinch yeah. right like a like a yip so oh yeah, don't say it don't say that stuff gives Damn me it, the Kyle. creeps so, so trying to basically hit putts and trying to feel a consistent, maybe three out of 10 grip pressure all the way from the start of your stroke to when the ball lands. And that's an easy way to keep the velocity or the acceleration of the club head very consistent through your shot. Hey man, you gave away a lot of free advice just now, Kyle. I know you about making that bread. So that's a lot of free advice out there to people listening to this <laughs> Whatever podcast. Whatever people need to get better, About bro. how to cascade your ass down from shooting in the hundreds, trying to break 90. But now we got to talk about that next bracket, Kyle. We got to get people out of the 90s into the 80s. Right. right, so the I'm, big I'm one. I'm seeing everything. What's, what we, what, where do we start? The big one in the 90s is the fact of we need to avoid the big miss. That's the shot where you go and you go, oh my gosh, I just put in that guy's pool, right? I hope it didn't hit the roof, right? You got to go get the, like, you got to get the squeegee thing out, get it out of the pool because the guy wants to save his three bucks, get his thing. But the long and short is, on average, the 90 KPI player has 6.3 shots around where he hits his drive and he goes, oh my God, I just hit the guy's pool, in the, in the guy's pool. So Sometimes you don't even need driver though. He's got guys and gals is pulling driver on... Three hundred and four four yard holes with no just just hit it five yeah, I mean, hundred there, and ten some, yards. There's something to be like, said, Doug, about having like what you know, like in tennis. Like if you play tennis, you hit a ball, it goes out of bounds, and then the next one you go, I gotta get this one in. So if you're sitting on the tee box and you go, Hey, I, I feel a little bit uneasy in my stomach, I don't feel a lot of confidence. There's something to be upset about building like a like a second serve tee shot, right? A shot that mm. you know gets into play. But the like big that. reason I as like to that. why I personally, from all the students, the thousands and thousands and thousands of players that we're helping with our online system at the golf room every, the, everywhere, the reason why we find that players have the big mess is simply because their alignment is terrible. 90% of players aim close, meaning if you're a right-handed golfer, you are aiming right. And when you hit it straight, you hit it in the guy's pool that's to the right, which is actually a great shot. Good job. And then when you hit it in the fairway, that's like a 50-yard <laughs> pull. You actually right. didn't hit a good shot. So you're kind of screwed either way you cut it. Either so way. learning the value of aiming your club face and then looking parallel left, which feels about 40 yards left, and then seeing your sight lines, which you can do some with alignment sticks. I mean, Doug, you would agree with me that when you're no, warming up and you're playing, you're playing on the range and you're practicing, you hitting balls without alignment sticks on the it's ground. It's the dumbest thing in the world. That's no, the dumbest thing in the world. 
What, you don't use alignment sticks on the ground? No, I'm saying hitting balls without alignment sticks yeah, is I mean, the dumbest thing you can do. Yeah, I mean, I would feel un as uncomfortable on the range hitting balls without alignment sticks as I would with, like, if I was hitting balls on the range with my shirt off. Like, that's it like, just doesn't like even make sense. That's like driving with no seatbelt. That's like driving without a seatbelt. Like, you're not <laughs> right. going to go drive and not put your seatbelt on nowadays. So right. if you go into the range and you don't have your alignment sticks down, it's absolutely foolish. And you know what? You should shoot in wherever you're shooting. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. So the final one that we that we've kind of have is just a around the green proficiency, right? or I'm sorry, approach shot proficiency, and that really has to do with how many times you're hitting the green from 100 to 150 yards. And the average player that shoots in the 90s, they hit the green 50% of the time, and the goal would be to hit 60% of the time. So the question becomes like, hey, and this this isn't really like a um, I like incremental. Yeah, we and that's the thing is like we're we're not trying to like when Mark and I were doing this like we're not saying like hey you know you have six point three clankers around you don't need to get to zero it's like no you got six point three like let's just get to let's five get to four let's get to right five. or four we actually said let's get to four right which it's just we and that's what we do at the golf from everywhere we just need to get one percent better a day we don't need to like move mountains just a little bit better so the approach shot proficiency. That's really determined based around the face, and really one of the best drills that I know of that, and, and Doug, you, you know, you and I kind of did this a lot back in the day, was just kind of learning the master of like a punch shot, where you're kind of learning how to control the face, learning where the ball's coming out of. Where it is, just where it is in general. Like, yeah. where is the, the damn face? And, and this is a hard one because the guy goes, great, I need to hit more greens and control the face. The other way of saying that is how do I get on the PGA Tour? Because, like, if you can control the club face, you can get on the PGA Tour, quite frankly. If you can, right? as long as you can putt. Right. As long, long as you can putt. <laughs> right. Hey, is there any putting stuff for these guys, for this group? I feel like, you know, we talked about, you know, six three putts around for the 100 breakers. Now we're trying to get in the 80s. Any putting stuff there, too? It's not really about the putting so much. With I mean, that, certainly it would be something that would help. But the, based upon the stats, and the stats are the stats, right? I'm just reporting yeah, the, the data. Stats, it's just, yeah, no, it's the interesting. The stats are the stats. So the, the, is, is essentially the third one is the around the green proficiency. And I think that the big reason why this is is that um, the 90s shooters have – they only kind of – they're set, they're they're not hitting it very close when they have those chip shots. And I think that the big reason why that is is because they're not choosing the right shot that you want to hit. Yeah, agree. And at the golf room and the golf room everywhere, we kind of do four questions. And those writing, those listening to this, I'd write these ones down. The first one, I'm going to give away some some secrets here, right? Okay, so the let first it out. one, the first Exclusive one is right here. Right here. The first one is how's my lie? So is your lie good, bad, down green, in green, wet, Bermuda, blah 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 blah. The second one, where do I want to land the golf ball? The landing of the mm. golf ball should always be one to three paces onto the green unless an emergency. As Gary Player said, keep it low for the dough and keep it high if you want to suck. So stop <laughs> pulling out your lob wedge and start using some nine irons, right? The third one, what trajectory do I need to hit the golf ball to land on that spot to get it to go in the golf, to get it to go in the hole, low, medium, or high. And the fourth That's and it. final question is what club? Now the problem, Doug, is guys miss the green. They grab their 60 degree and their putter. They go up to the, the ball and they go, okay, I need to hit it low. So now they put the 60 degree wedge back in their stance, lean just, the handle, just, drag the grip, it. minimize all the bounce. And that's like- Clunker. So, right, that's Clunker. like showing up that, That's like showing up to a soup kitchen without a, with a fork. Right, like you need a spoon, so you got to carry all your utensils. You need to carry two or three clubs to the short you know game shot. Let me let me stop you here though, because here's an opportunity, just a coaching moment. Y'all out there that's listening to this, if you're gonna go hit a chip shot or pitch shot, and you're within like you know 40 yards, anywhere within that, odds are you're taking one golf club. 
Kyle, I'm, I, I always, always, I don't care what the distance is. I take three wedges with me. 100%. Because I want to go through my prog- my thought progression yeah. like a quarterback in the freaking pocket. Yep. No, no, yes. And the problem like, you know is, is that is if, if, you're, if these guys are, and these players are anything like me, like you get out to the fairway and you go, man, I should probably use a pitching wedge. But my cart, it's so far away. Nah, I'll screw it. I'll just hit this one. And then you make I'll a just, bogey I'll and you're just, like. I'll just jam it down. Yeah, you're like, SOB, I, like, I should have I went back. Because now making a bogey is way worse than, than me walking back to the cart. So just yeah. carry the utensils. Go through your progression. What's my lie? What's my landing spot? What trajectory? What club? And that you can carry that, that system for all around the course, right? We, we just went through a whole course management seminar thing and a video series on the golf room everywhere going through all that stuff. All right, Kyle, you done, you done tickled my fancy, man. We got people breaking 80, or excuse me, they breaking 100 now. Now they working on getting out of the 90s. Now here's the big one. This is the one where I'm a, I, I might need to pay attention, Kyle, right here. How the hell do we start being that that 80 to 70 shooter? Man, that's the that's the, that's like the one percentile of the of the of the world, right? I mean, that's the, that's a sweet spot. When you're the when you're that 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 amateur golfer and you're shooting 75, now now Doug, you're that guy, right? That you're guy. the guy that you're everybody wants on the scrambles, right? Yep. You're the guy. No, no, no. I need to be with that guy. That's my teammate. That's my teammate, right? So the first and foremost one. That's the guy that's one, getting the looks on the driving range. Like when you hit right. balls and like there's like three or four people that are doing this shit. It's like. Yeah. Who's that guy? What's that sound? Oh, wait. That? That's, that's when that sound. sound. That's when you get that that's, sound. Yeah, it's the compression, right? <laughs> yeah. All right. How do we do it? Now, the first one, this is kind of a tough one to hear, but it's the truth. And to be honest, Doug, to be a little backstory when Mark and I were doing this, this, dro- this one, we could have done this one for everyone, quite frankly. But the okay. truth of the matter is, is that driving distance is really, really important, especially for that guy breaking 80. So um, the truth is, is that the players that are shooting in the 80s, on average, and this is a whole, we could do a podcast on this in itself of how we'll players, we'll bring back how, how far players actually hit the golf ball, right? But the truth is, is that the 80 shooter on average hits the driver about 235. Now they might hit it 260. But then they hit at 180, and then that's the average of 235, right? So the fact of the matter is, is we need their, their we need their driving distance KPI to be over 250. And the reason why that is, it kind of goes back to this toe tap feeling that we talked about earlier. But the yep. fact of the matter is, is that there's two things is that, um, and this is a whole nother discussion itself, is but players, amateurs, we need to teach you guys and we can help you guys at the golf from everywhere if you want, but like we need to figure out ways so that you can learn how to properly sequence your bat your downswing. What I mean by that is like how to actually create efficient energy. A lot of players that come through the golf room, I would say most of them have their weight way too far on their back foot. And if you think that you don't have your weight on your back foot, I'm telling you, you have your weight on your back foot. That's you. If you don't think you are, you got it. So the fact of the matter is, is we wanted, we need to get our pressure moving towards the lead side early. And then we mm-hmm. also, and this is kind of based by the science, is like we need to get our arms and our hands and like some separation. We need to create some, some speed and some whip, kind of like we're like, you know, snapping a towel down at the golf ball because us rotating and like you guys do at the top and rotating this chest faster while your chest is super strong, it's not necessarily fast. Right. Yeah. So we need to create like how to cr- how to work on your proper sequencing, which is kind of like some, 
you know, you see a lot of stuff on TPI of like going through this stuff. We do it at the golf room yeah. everywhere. So that's, that's kind of, you know, going through that stuff. The second thing is simply, um, approach shot proficiency. And this is the one Doug that on the PGA tour, actually a lot of people say, Hey, you know, drive for show, putt for dough. The truth of the matter is just the guys who are really, really good hit it close to the hole. They don't even necessarily putt that good. Like Rory, for example, amazing ball striker, one of the best in the world, not that good of a putter, just by stats, right? Obviously, but way yeah, better no, than I. I don't disagree. But, so the fact of the matter is, is we need you, we, we need you guys in the 80s to the 70s, we need you guys hitting it closer to the hole. And on average, the 80s shooter hits it about, they hit it from 125 to 175, you guys hit it about 42 feet from the hole. The 90 shooters hit it about 56 feet from the hole, and the scratch golfers hit it about 32 feet from the hole. So the goal would be if you guys were using a program like Arcos or Birdie Fire or something, capturing some stats from 125 to 175, and can you get your average proximity inside 40 feet? And if you could do that, you're going to be on your way to shooting in the 70s. And quite frankly, there's not really a magic formula for that, Doug. It's really you need to get some lessons, and you just got to get you got to get your swing more efficient. Uh, I like the I like the next stat right here. I think this is something, Kyle, that you you have to do if you want to play better golf. Like if you're trying to get from the 80s into the 70s. Yes, and it's that it's that momentum. It's that momentum one, right? And momentum is such. Every time I play golf, Doug, you know, we you know we teach all these lessons and we do this stuff, and then I go back. It's I always try to play a lot and play some, you know, couple, like once a week or whatever. We do a lot of playing lessons where I go just to keep me like, okay, this is golf because while we're working in the lab here in the golf room and we got technology and K vests and body tracks and focus bands and track bands and blah 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 blah, like we're just hitting golf balls into a screen. That's it. Yeah. There's also the art of playing golf. And the art of playing golf is scoring. And one of the best things that we can do is help you make more, have more one putts. And on That's average, you 80 shooters, putt. you have an average of 5.6 one putts per round. The 100 shooters is 3.8. And we, we want that goal to be have a KPI of six or more per round. Because, Doug, like when you play today, and this is, we can kind of go back and forth. When you play today. Don't call how, me out. Don't call me out like that. I'm just going to say, <laughs> you played great today. What did you do? Six, seven under par, right? Amazing. Six. Thank you. How many a little of those like one putts are like, hey, you make your birdie putt or you make your par putt or whatever it may be that like fuels the entire round? No, today, you know, I had a different one that fueled around the day, but I do agree. I actually hold out a bunker shot for Ooh. par. Nice. Oh yeah. I hit a green side in one, and then I bladed it over to green, and then I <laughs> chunked it into the face, and then I hold it for par. So you got it. You had you had that around the green clunker that we talked about earlier. I had but then to, you saved no, it. Had, well, there's no sand in the damn green. What's my fault? <laughs> what no sand in the bunker? It was like clunk. But yeah. it's just it, it's one of those things. You talk about momentum earlier, and it's little stuff like that you can ride off of. And that's kind of yeah. what got the putter hot. The fact that I didn't have to use it one hole was like, ooh, I can have low putts today. And then it started rolling. Yeah. But Kyle, look, I don't, man, I can't thank you enough coming in here. And we're talking about how to make people better, how to lower your handicap with not a lot of effort, Kyle. People are going to want to know how to get from 70 to 60s, but you got to pay for that. 
I'm sorry. You're going to have to Kyle, tell them how to, how to find you and get the best instruction in golf. The best thing that I would do is come follow us at the golf room uh, on Instagram. I mean, I give an ama- a ton of content. So the, come follow us at the, the underscore golf underscore room on Instagram. If you go to the golf room everywhere and you want, if you're trying, if you're out there trying to figure out like, hey, how do I build a swing where I'm doing first things first and not second things first? Because quite frankly, Doug, under you know under what i've noticed is that a lot of amateur golfers like they try to fix flipping or early extending or whatever it may be you're trying to cure something which really is stemming from something else so with the golf from everywhere like i've built this thing called the master plan which is allowing players to go through their golf swing systematically and the best part about that is that when the players get that they get a free lesson like they can send us their video and we're going to tell them what's up and say, hey, here's like what that. you need to work on. And it's completely free, like no hidden costs. So you can kind of go to thegolfroomeverywhere.com or come visit me in Dublin. Um, at the, and, you, know, you can come to the golf room. Just go to thegolfroom.com and find it. But, um, you know, that, that breaking 70 to, to 60, we'll have to tell you that one off the record, Doug, because I think you'd like to hear that Absolutely. One. No, that's, you got to pay for that shit. There's some things you got to – there's some stuff that's free. Like helping somebody not shoot a hundred, that's like charity. Like, no, that's you need you that you have to do that. So Kyle Morse, I can't thank you enough. Coming nice in bet. here, Birdie's Not BS. Hey, y'all know what to do. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Birdie's Not BS.com. Where else? I don't know. Y'all know. Birdie's not BS. You already know. Send us your questions. I'll let your boy, man. And uh Kyle, we're gonna bring you back for some other stuff. I got some ideas, man. But hey, we'll holler at y'all. Deuces. See ya.